Getting your weekend started right. The Jet Set Breakfast. 0737, you are with the Jet Set Breakfast. Don't forget, uh, we've got Nico, our petrol head, coming in at half past eight. So if you've got any car questions, you're welcome to give us a call or indeed uh, send us an SMS or WhatsApp us with your questions. I think he's going to be talking um, about, I've got the details, but it's not something, oh, about the Welch plug and how using antifreeze relates to the Welch plug. Whatever that means, he's going to absolutely give you those insights. You're also welcome to start sending us your experiences on conflict in the workplace. How have you dealt with conflict in the workplace historically? Is it something that has uh, developed into something so major that you've had to go to the CCMA? Have you been able to resolve uh, those issues and uh, uh, come to some kind of resolution? Because we'll be talking to Andre Flock just after nine o'clock. He's uh, our featured uh, interview as we do every week when we focus on conflict resolution in the country. And I think it's something that is valuable in us trying to understand one another, even though we may come from all sorts of different spaces and spheres. Nevertheless, we did want to try and get some more information around what's going on with the COVID vaccine. And uh, there have been so many different stories. We've also now heard the health minister, Dr. Zuelem Kize, has announced the second phase of the country's vaccination. He says that the rollout will begin on the 17th of May. So we want to find out more about that. Um, So we thought we would get Dr. Leslie Bamford on the line. Dr. Bamford is the Acting Chief Director of the National Department of Health. Dr. Bamford, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Dr. Bamford. Uh, Good morning, Michelle, and good morning to the listeners. Dr. Bamford, uh, we have a couple of questions with regards to the COVID-19 vaccinations. Can you give us some clarity on when they start and how they work? So as has been announced uh, by the minister, I think everyone is aware that we are currently in phase one that started on the 17th of February. Uh, Phase one targets uh, healthcare workers. Uh, Phase one uh, is scheduled to run for three months, so we are hoping to finish by the uh, 17th of May. However, irrespective of whether or not uh, that phase is finished, on uh, the 17th of May, we will start with uh, phase two, which is the phase uh, during which uh, the nation is then offered uh, to, uh, not to everyone, uh, but certainly uh, to, to more groups. Uh, we will be focused starting uh, by targeting uh, older persons because we know that uh, most death and severe disease related uh, to COVID-19 uh, is experienced by older people. They are uh, at highest risk of severe, de- uh, severe disease and death. So phase two is going to focus on people over the age of 60, elderly, and uh, ensure that they are protected as we move forward. So that's correct. There are a number of groups within. Uh, uh, so we will start uh, in the general public with uh, people over 60 uh, and then move down uh, to people uh, 50 to 59 years and uh, 40 to 49 years uh, and aiming to reach all of those people uh, within a period of six months. So that's between 
uh, May and October. So, so, so uh, Dr. Bamford, I do have to ask you, and um, we say that these are the people that we want to reach, but when we look at the numbers that have been vaccinated in this country, they are extremely low comparative to many other countries around the world. And I'm talking specifically about developing countries. I'm not talking about uh, Europe or the Americas or whatever, or America, the United States. Why is this the case? And how do we know that, uh, you know, the numbers that we're being told will be reached? So just to clarify in terms of uh, phase one, the the, num- the reason the numbers have been relatively small yeah. uh, is that we have only had uh, access to small volumes uh, of vaccine. Yeah. So okay. uh, we approximately 300,000 doses have been delivered and approximately... 288,000 people have been vaccinated. So there's actually been a very quick turnaround in terms of the vaccines arriving in the country uh, and being people being uh, vaccinated. Okay. However, going forward, we have now secured uh, sufficient vaccines yeah. uh, to vaccinate uh, the entire adult population. Unfortunately, those vaccines are still not uh, immediately available. Um, and so for the next uh, quarter, uh, the, so, so for the quarter uh, being um, April, May, June, yes. uh, the volumes are still relatively uh, constrained, but we do expect to receive over 5 million doses during that period. And then in the second half of the year, uh, the volumes become less constrained and we will uh, receive even larger volumes of the vaccine. Dr. Bamford, uh, this may be complete myth, but I, I read something somewhere or heard something somewhere that we do see that there are, I think, 31 million of Johnson & Johnson, the J&J uh, vaccine, and then another 20 will come from Pfizer. Now, we know that Pfizer is a two – it's Pfizer – is it Johnson & Johnson or Pfizer that's a two-prong um, injection? Oh, Pfizer's the two-prong injection, which would – be used in the urban areas because it um, is two-pronged, so people need to be able to access it quickly, whereas Johnson & Johnson um, would go into more peri-urban rural areas so that people only need to go and access one jab. Is that correct? So that is a broad uh, principle that we are looking to, to use. Um, Pfizer, as you say, is a two-dose vaccine. Yeah. Uh, there are also some logistical issues. So Pfizer vaccine uh, comes in very large pack sizes, um, and it does have more stringent storage requirements. Yeah. Okay. So for all of those uh, factors, um, our recommendation is that we preferentially use uh, Pfizer in uh, urban areas and settings where there are uh, high volumes of people being vaccinated, yeah. um, and that we use the Johnson and Johnson uh, in more uh, rural settings. That's not an absolute, and it may change over time. Uh, but broadly, that is how we are thinking about things. I'm d- dealing with all the rumours because I think that that's really some of the challenges. That what are the facts, etc. One of the other rumours I've heard is that Johnson and Johnson is a test. It's it, an uh, 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 stand to be corrected on the on the language but it's a test jab and that we may if we have the johnson and johnson jab we would then not be able to for example fly to certain countries is this true or is this just rumor so, so sir, i just missed the last part of your question 
So, so for example, if they do start to say that you have to have a vaccination passport um, to travel around the world, which is some of the conversation that's happening, one of the rumors that I'm hearing, and of course it may very well be rumor, is that um, the Johnson & Johnson jab would not pass uh, uh, on, the, on, the, on the, um, the vaccination passport. Is that correct? Uh, no, that is that is not correct. Brilliant. Um, so it is true that the um, the Johnson and Johnson that we've been using um, up until now, mm. um, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, this was an early access uh, program. Yeah. Um, and it was implemented um, as part of a what we call a phase three B uh, study. So it it was uh, the formulation that was given. Uh, the, the vaccine was packaged in a slightly different way, um, but nevertheless, uh, that vaccine uh, is is a completely proper vaccine dose. Um, there's a lot of there's still isn't clarity around exactly how vaccine passports would work. Yeah. Um, but the dose of Johnson and Johnson uh, would certainly qualify uh, for someone to receive a vaccine passport in the same way um, as someone who had been vaccinated with a different vaccine. Fantastic. Dr. Bamford, another question that's coming up is there's been um, something which has been passing around social media to register uh, claims to open to for social media that elderly people can register online, etc. And then, of course, we read something that said, no, that this was completely false. So many elderly people have, in fact, gone online and registered to be told um, that in fact, no, this is 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 a fake or false uh, process. Can you explain this to us? Yes. So, 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 unfortunately, so there is a registration portal that is open for healthcare workers. That yeah. is how healthcare workers have have registered. Yeah. There is an email or a, a WhatsApp circulating that indicates that people over sixty five uh, should register on that site. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm aware, it does just send people to that site. And when you get to the site, it is clear that only healthcare workers um, should register on that site. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, that is a very unfortunate uh, situation. So um, people over f- a registration for phase two is scheduled to open around the um, 16th of April. Uh, we will announce uh, when that happens. So there, it will be um, online registration, and we will uh, encourage people to register um, online. However, of course, uh, we are well aware that many people won't be able to do this, uh, and it will also be possible to uh, register um, at vaccination sites. Okay, so let's just get some clarity on that before we close off, which is as follows, that if you are someone who is elderly, um, over the age, what, what we're saying, over the age of 60, they should wait till middle of April, and at that point, there will be a national announcement for people to register. You will support people who are not able to register online, as well as ensure the people who can register online are able to do so. Uh, that's correct, yes. Fantastic. Dr. Bamford, thank you so much for uh, giving us clarity on a lot of questions around the COVID-19 vaccine. That's Dr. Leslie Bamford. She is the Acting Chief Director at the National Department of Health.